Magnificent Seven. Welcome back, it's episode seven, and it really is our lucky number this week, Tony, seven. It certainly is. Um, I'm sure you're gonna say is that it's seven million pounds. The biggest jackpot we've had yet on the series, seven million pounds. And I'm excited about it. I don't know about you, Tony. Well, it's better than four million that we keep getting, Chris. It so seven is. is almost double. And four. seven, you keep saying seven, you know, seven days in the week. It's got to be connected somehow, right? Yeah, I mean, I actually don't know why there are seven days in a week. Why isn't it ten? Ah, it's a really good question. I mean, ten would be a more round number, but I guess seven is just that lucky number, right? Or is it something to do with astrology or something? I mean, there's clearly mm. a reason why it's seven, seven days yeah. in a week. Um, and at the moment, it's five days on, two days off. Is that even the right number? Yeah, I mean, the weekend's only two days. It's, it, it is a bit short. I mean, my preference is if we, we swapped it the other way around. So two days on, five days off. I think, wouldn't you prefer mm. that, Chris? Yeah, or even better, zero days on, seven days off. And let me tell you, Tony, if you win £7 million on the lottery, that dream might well become reality. I mean, that's why we're doing this. That's why I am playing lottery, that, so I don't have to work seven days a week. That is I, why we're here. I could choose to if I wanted to, but I could just do two days. And then the rest of five days, I'm, I'm doing whatever I want, um, which is a perfect segue to... To later on is our topic of the week, isn't it? I like that. That was very good, Tony. <laughs> yes. So, topic of the day today is what would be your ideal day if you were to become a lottery winner? Yeah, and I think um, we'll probably share later on about some 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 of our thoughts, Chris. I mean, I I, I have thought about this quite a bit um, because immediately, you know, the drudgery of of the same stuff. Mm. different day type of feeling that people get from grinding out a nine-to-five or doing shift work is that once you've won the lottery, Chris, you've got options. You don't need to, to be at your desk at nine. You know, you could be somewhere else at nine. You could be uh, you know, at the hotel bar at nine if that's what you want to do. <laughs> nine a.m., yeah. yeah. Why not? It's, not? it's 9 a.m. somewhere, right, as they say. It always or is. Or 9pm. 9pm. Or 5pm. Whatever. 5pm, yeah. Whenever you want. So when was the last time you had a bad day, Tony? I mean, I haven't had like a proper bad day for a while, so mm. fingers crossed. Mm. But I've had mediocre days. Yeah. So mediocre days isn't good days, right? They're not amazing days. I'm hoping when the lottery will at least reduce the mediocre or even bad days of happening. I mean, I don't think I, mm. if I had seven million pounds in my bank account, I think <laughs> I'll be waking up differently um, the next day compared to the day when I didn't have seven million pounds in the bank I account. I mean, what you do is probably just leave a load, a pile of cash in your bathtub. So every morning, if you're feeling a bit down, you get up and you just jump in that pile of cash in your bath. Oh, but obviously you're not going to turn on the, you'll get all soggy and... Uh, oh, no, no, you'll shower... You'll have two baths. Yeah, yeah you, you can yeah, have two yeah, baths. multiple yeah. baths. Yeah, one for jumping in and, sh you know, playing with the yeah. cash and one for actually washing yourself. And you do sanitise all the cash before um, you put it in the bathtub as well. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, again, it could be your ideal day, just spending your time in the bath. And I just want to bring that up because, you know, you've had uh, mediocre days. I've never had a bad day, Tony. Because it's very important that you don't tell yourself anything negative because you're basically manifesting a bad day towards yourself. So I always have good days. And I do feel that idea of putting the cash in your bathtub is another little indicator on that direction or in that direction of, okay, I'm feeling good. Look at all this money I've got. You jump in that bathtub, you're set for a really good day. And I think a lot of people have talked about that, Tony, that... Um, if you kind of bring that positivity towards you, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, um, yeah, no such thing as a bad day for me. It's all about manifestation, isn't it, Chris? Which is what we're doing. It's all about mindset. It's all about yeah. don't see it as a negative. It's, not, it's like, it's like um, okay, I'm going to talk positive about work. When they say, don't say that you have to go to work. It's that you get to go to work. <laughs> 
And I thought just that change of word, it's almost like not everyone has the opportunity to to have a job <laughs> or not everyone has the, the ability to actually physically go to work, for yeah. example. Like yeah. They might be bedridden. They can't. They yeah. can't actually go to yeah. work. Um, You're lucky to be here. And that's yeah. what I think you tell your direct reports and always have done, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky to be alive. We're all lucky to be alive, really. We we've we've actually won the lottery to actually be alive right now. <laughs> yeah. If you think about yeah. it, um, which is you know, again, a great thing. So it's all connected. It's all connected, Chris. It is. Um, so let's remind our listeners of the format very quickly. So, as you'll remember, first segment all about last Saturday's draw um, and what the numbers were and mm-hmm. whether or not we've won. Um, second segment is our topic of the week, which this week is our ideal day. And then in the third segment, we manifest next week's winning numbers. We haven't been successful so far, but we're going to keep at it. Yes, so um, we talk about last Saturday's lotto result. So what was the jackpot? We already said it's uh, 7.1 million. Um, so that was the jackpot amount. So what could you get with 7.1 million, Chris? Well, I've brought a feature back to the pod this week, Tony. We dropped it for a while. But now that we've got a record amount of 7.1 million pounds, I wanted to let our listeners in Nigeria know, and indeed everybody else, that 7.1 million Great British pounds Mm -hmm. is 6.5 billion. Yes, I said billion Nigerian Naira. And Tony, why did I pick the Nigerian Naira? Well... Uh, I was kind of thinking yesterday, what should I have to eat? I wanted to try something a bit different. And I'd seen these reports about a Nigerian takeaway in London named Alhaji Suya. And they do Suya, which is Nigerian barbecued meat. Um, And I thought, okay, I'm going to try it. It's in this guide called The Infatuation, which is, you know, renowned as a good food guide. Mm. And it got nine out of ten, I think, in that. Um, so I tried it out and it was really good, very spicy, um, but it was really good. So yeah, that kind of inspired me. 6.5 billion Nigerian Naira, okay, which is 7.1 million pounds. Now I had a quick look and I saw that you can get a five bedroom mansion in Nigeria in Pinnock Beach, Lagos, which is a kind of gated community. For 1.2 billion, which is 1.3 million pounds, you'd still have a bit left over. Mm. It's a great property, swimming pool, nice garden, gold plated all over the place. But I don't know what you think, Tony. For Nigeria, 1.3 mil pounds still sounded a bit more pricey than I'd have thought. Hmm. I think, well, you could probably eat those barbecue meats every day, right? Absolutely. I bet it's a lot cheaper than it was in, in London. I'm just thinking, you know what you remind me, Chris? It's that I keep hearing about that jollof rice. Did you have? I that, had that as well. Yeah, is that I, spicy. It the, uh, it was very spicy. It oh. was fragrant, but I recommend giving it a try. Um, and then I did find out something else, Tony. It's just five hundred naira for a beer out there in Nigeria, which is fifty-four p for a pint. So that ain't half bad. But I do want to say one more thing about moving to Nigeria, to Lagos. Um, have you seen that Louis Theroux documentary where he hangs out with the gangs in Lagos in Nigeria? I don't think I've seen that. I've seen other documentaries of, of gangs there or nefarious activity, to be honest. And I'm not sure I'd last too long out there, Tony. So it looked as spicy as the suya <laughs> that I had yesterday. So... I don't know. I don't know if I'd go all out to move there with the £7.1 million jackpot, but definitely food for thought, maybe a holiday. We were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. If Once you get a network going on there, you, I think you'll be fine. You, if you know <laughs> what to do, they know who you, who you are. And you get like, I'm not saying you need security, guys. I'm just saying you just need people that just need to tell you. Mates. Mates, yeah, just yeah. get a bit of a network there. Um, but yeah, I guess that you, could, you could spend your, your 7.1 starting off Nigeria or, or holiday home. Why not? Um, if we talk about, you know, what were the winning numbers uh, last week? So it was 14, 15, 26, 37, 43, 54, and bonus ball 6. Um, she name was Merlin and ball set 5. Um, if we talk about what were my numbers, so they were 2, 
15. Ding. Uh, 20. 23. 25. 39. So that's one match. That was a ding there on 15. Yeah, just just matched the one number. Um, there were no winners of the jackpot this week. The Saturday uh, draw. Good. So that's going to roll, roll over. So we said 7 million. That's going to roll over to the Wednesday. I, I want it to yeah. just keep rolling over, Tony, because that's when we're going to get these really big numbers. Yeah. I don't know if it's me <laughs> or if I'm getting older, but I remember as a kid, uh. I remember the jackpots being like 20 mil. Like, yeah, quite often, yeah, 10, that, 11, yeah. 12, 20. Mm. Um, so hopefully we'll, we'll see something, you know, get into those double-digit figures. Um, but, yeah, so that was 7.1 million this week, and it's rolling over. Um, I mean, personally, 7.1, yeah, I'll, I'll be kind of, yeah, I'll be kind of pleased with that. Um, yeah. We talked about that kind of penthouse in Farringdon. Mm. Easily, you know, 4.5. Yes, I'll take it. Then 2.6 million living costs, I would say. Um, what about you, Chris? Yeah, um, so, I, mean, I would take it all day long. I did just very briefly, I did see um, a property that I'd be quite interested in because I was walking along the River of Thames this weekend by London Bridge down to Blackfriars. There's a place nice. in Clink Wharf, very near London Bridge, with river views, and it's a four-bed penthouse with its own huge roof terrace as well with those river views, um, five million pounds. So I, that's what I wanted to put to you of, yeah, I mean, I'm, lo- I'm using up five-sevenths of, of the cost straight away. Um, that's only two million. You know, you've got two million left over. We've been talking about four million. So that's what having this high jackpot does for you. So you're spending about half a million more, but you, you've got... a a very large terrace, would you say? I think the thing that I really liked about this place was the roof terrace, a large mm. roof terrace that looked really good. You like to entertain as well? Yes, Have yeah, I do. friends round, all that type of stuff. Um, you're by the river as well. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, this is a great area, London Bridge. My only worry, I know this, this might be me... Rats. Over <laughs> Rats, but also I might be overthinking these things, but flooding... That, <laughs> yeah. Well, we have the Thames Barrier, don't we? That's what we I the thought. Thames Barrier. But I don't know. Maybe I'm watching too many kind of disasters. Well, this storm, well. Storm Babot or yeah. whatever, has wreaked havoc across the north of the country. So, yeah. and mm. I'm not sure what the insurance. Mm. I, I hear that getting insured becomes a, a lot more expensive Nightmare. when you yeah. are quite close to where water is. You've got me worried now because I live right by the River Thames, nowhere near London Bridge, but. Um, yeah, I thought uh, it was safe. No, yeah, it's I think great. I think it's, it, I you're going to be great. fine. You're going to be fine. You know. <laughs> it's what the estate agent said, funnily yeah. enough. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, I think the thing is, estate agents, they, I always trust them. I mean, they know what yeah. they're talking about. They, uh. they've, they've got a lot of life experience. Of course, <laughs> of course, it's, it's going to be fine, Chris. Don't worry. Thank you. Um, Reassuring. But, um, but Tony, um, I just thought this was one of the most beautiful things I'd heard um, today, which was another jackpot winner, soon to be a fellow jackpot winner, uh, who was a Tyler, right? And he won, just before Christmas 2010, £2.4 million with his wife. Uh, so it was Neil Jones. He was... He's now 59, and he had just £13 in his pocket at the time that he and his partner, Julie Kirkham, won um, that life-changing jackpot. And that's what we say. I mean, £2.4 million is even less than any of the jackpots that, that we've been talking about. But anyway, get this. The first purchase that Neil made when he won the lottery was a brand-new pool table. Well, Tony, oh. guess what he's doing today, right now. He's playing pool. He is. <laughs> but better than that, he has jetted out to Malta to represent England at the European Pool Championships. Or So he's just got into pool he, and now he's representing England. He basically, for the first time, owned a pool table to practice on when he won the lottery in 2010, just before Christmas 2010. What? Um, and, you know, 13 years later, at the ripe old age of 59, he's representing his country at the European Championship. So, you know, because people sometimes kind of drag it down a little bit. 
this just shows what the lottery can do for you, you know, even at a late stage in your life. That's incredible. I mean, you know, you said before, thir- thir- number 13, unlucky for some. Mm. <laughs> he had £13 in his pocket, now he's got 2.4. 2.4 mil. And I think it's the lottery, it's not only <clears throat> given him riches, that is, um, in terms of money and kind of uh, financial freedom, mm. but it's opened up a door a doorway to him discovering a hidden talent. Or maybe he yeah. always knew he was good at Paul. Fulfilling a passion, yeah. essentially. Now he's representing his country. And he's doing us damn well proud. <laughs> I'm going to have to say that. I'm rooting for him. For <laughs> sure. I'm going to be watching it for the yeah. very first time. But I wanted to say as well, which I thought was quite good, is that um, he actually said that what he does now is he practices in the dining room when Coronation Street is on. <laughs> so he just plays <laughs> while he's watching Coronation Street. A bit of Corrie in the background. <sighs> you just can't Brilliant. beat it. You and a cup of tea. And a cup a brew. of a brew. <laughs> um, but you know what? He's also got almost some tips, the, the kind of thing we've been talking about on the podcast. So he won it before Christmas 2010. And what they did is he and his missus decided to finish the year with their old life. All right. Before starting a new one on the 1st of Jan 2011. Now, okay, you might say, well, it's just before Christmas, only one week. Yeah. But he's kind of resisting the temptation. It's like, we're going to have a normal Christmas with the family. Okay. We're not even... I would have hit the Boxing Day sales, wouldn't you? At least to get a couple of things. Well, what did I say? January 2011? Yeah, so this was back in 20, just before Uh, Christmas 2010, he won it. Okay. So it's been a long, slow burner. Yeah, it's been 13 years. So I like how he's, you know, he looks at as a new fresh slate. Let's go like January 1st, the start of a new year. This is when we're going to start our new life. Um, Clearly, he sounds like a humble guy. He is. He's not going to go Mikey Carroll and go gold chain. I don't know, just hitting the clubs. All types of clubs, the strip clubs, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, he clearly says, oh, you know what? I'll treat myself to a pool table at some point. You know, it seems like he's, he's done that. So to me personally, I think I'm inspired by this. And I'll probably take a, a page out of his book and go, no. Yeah, maybe I'll just level my head if I win and go, obviously, don't tell anyone just yet. Yeah. And then set a date, maybe a nice, you know, if I am... A timeline. A timeline. Set yourself a timeline so it's all manageable. Yeah. Um, and just follow your passion. I mean, we talked about it before of you kind of becoming Dr. YouTube. You're very much into YouTube, so that could be your one. But he's... he's gender studies. Gender studies. But, um, yeah, he does sound like a really down-to-earth guy because I also read that he would buy a ticket every week, he and his missus, yeah. from B&M Bargains. Yeah. And he made a great quip that he never would win and he told the guy at B&M Bargains that it must be rigged. Uh, and then when he won it, he said, it's not rigged anymore, mate. <laughs> <laughs> certainly isn't. <laughs> it certainly isn't. Um, so, yeah, but that could be another feature for the show. If people want to email in and say, where do you buy your lotto tickets? Some people, I'm sure, do it on the app now. B&M Bargains, The Corner Shop, Sainsbury's. You know, let us know. That's so great that he actually went to a physical location to do it online. Yeah. I might need to explore that. And out of all the places, B&M Bargains. I didn't even know you could do it in (laughs) B&M I didn't even know. I thought you'd just buy your kind of detergents and stuff in there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, alcohol too. Oh, alcohol as well. (laughs) Which kind of is the same thing, right? Yeah, you could probably use them for for both uses, really. Um, But talking about what you would do with with the money i guess we had some emails in that that came to say you know what they would do with a jackpot and we had an email all the way from the usa united states so Chantel from new york says she would want to buy her own private island i like it we hadn't even explored that is that kind of like a, an epstein thing oh i I don't know. Pot- Chantel, I mean, she could email in and just say, yeah, what, just what the clarify that because we're not, we're not keen on that. I hope it's not an Epstein yeah, thing yeah. Um, because otherwise you would probably need to report that. Uh, yeah. um, or maybe, maybe <laughs> that is probably not the best use of the money, I would say, Chantel. Uh, but yeah. a private island for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Depending on how much it costs because I don't know how. Seven million. I mean, 
I don't can't know be that how big. Much, yeah, I don't know how much they cost. I haven't you, know what I, you know what I was thinking? It's an island like a house where you go, they kind of price it in a way it goes, oh, it's quite windy. This island's quite mm, windy. Yeah. Oh, the sand isn't like fine sand. It's a bit rocky. Um, the wildlife is a bit dangerous on here. It's a mill, a couple mill. Yeah, well, this one, so, oh, you've got beautiful beaches here. The climate's very nice. You've got some exotic fruits that you can't find anywhere else. You know, it's it's quite um, pleasant kind of animal life that's there. This one's <clears> seven million. I mean, Tony, my first requirement would be to find out what's the soil like to know if I can build high-speed rail through the <laughs> island um, and do finish what Rishi's failed to do in the UK. So That's why I hope you win, though. You can show them how it's done. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but that was a good one. And we have had another email in. And please, guys, keep emailing us. We love um, sifting through them all. Rajit from India. He hasn't said where. Um, so I thought this was a good one because it's something I've heard you talking about. Oh, right. Tony of. Rajit says he would install an underground bunker in my home so that I can survive a potential apocalypse in the future. Oh. So that's kind of like that. That kind of disaster-focused, you know, the zombies are coming, there's going to be an apocalypse, whatever. Uh, and he just wants to future-proof himself. Have you seen that show, The Last of Us? I have Based on the video game. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. And um, I can tell you, Ron Swanson from mm. Parks and Rex, I don't know his real name, and uh, the guy from White Lotus mm. are a couple, season one, and they do exactly this. I don't want to be, you know, no spoilers, but they create um, sort of safe house, if you like. Um, so I guess Rajit wants to do that. Sensible. I think it's always a good peace of mind if you can afford it. If you're a millionaire, you go like, you know, what can I buy that other people don't have that, you know, I'll be all right if things really kick off. Um, it's that extra peace of mind. Like, I all, uh. you know, it's something like you said, Chris, that I thought about, like, I'd have like a proper water filtration system, mm. like a tank of water that would just be there in case the apocalypse happened. Okay. Just stock up on tin food. Tin foil as well. Tin foil, foil you know, foil blankets, yeah. everything. Foil blankets, yeah. Um, and then you've got that peace of mind where you go like, screw it, if things go pear-shaped. And the reason why I was thinking about this is because, you know, when COVID, ha- I mean, let's see, mm. when COVID happened, I actually went to Amazon. I started buying all types of things just in case if things mm. were... If you needed it, like I bought like a gas stove, just some emergency lights, all types of things. I've even bought lights that you, you can wind up. You don't need battery. If you run out of battery, the lights don't work. But this is like a winding mechanism where the lights still work. So Better safe than sorry, right? Yeah, right. Rajit, if you want to email his list that I can actually... Um... You can probably check it. I mean, Rajit, yeah. you probably don't know that Tony's actually an expert on this, so um, he can check it out for you. But I do I recommend so. that episode of The Last of Us, the one with Ron Swanson and the guy from um, White Lotus Season 1. Uh, so I was just thinking about it. It's a beautiful piece of work. I'm not even joking. It's it's beautiful episode. I watched that again. Well, my um, sister's played the game. She ra- everyone raves on about the game, and I think it's quite close to the game. Yeah, so I need to watch it. It's really, for sure. it's really worth it. Cool. So I guess we can move on to our topic of the week, Chris. So our topic of the week is your ideal day now that you are rich, because I'm sure the days are going to be different now that you've got 7.1 million without a shadow of a doubt I mean we were talking about it before weren't we of the seven days in a week we don't know why Um, (laughs) but at the moment most people are five days on two days off some people do even more some people are six days on one day Um, working grinding hard Um, but I think if you were to win the lottery you can have a little bit more leisure time oh yeah it's it's one of those things where you can go, I can make up my day. You know, my, my day isn't kind of predetermined for me. Like, mm. I have to get up at 6.30 because I need to get ready to get the bus or the tube in to mm. work, to be at my desk at 8.39. And then the next eight hours, I've got to be there and then work out, you know, popping into, I don't know, Sainsbury's to get the ingredients for my dinner that I have to make later on in the evening, mm. that type of thing. When you don't need to work, or you can choose to work if you still want to, you've got a whole day. It's like, what, what, you could do anything you kind of want, really. So what I was thinking about is mm. that, obviously, I'm based in London. 
what would be my ideal day and an ideal day in the week? You know, weekends, you know, we all we, we do leisurely stuff on the yeah. weekends anyway, but now we have the opportunity on a weekday it's to do Tuesday. Let's say it's Tuesday. Tuesday. To, to to spend my Tuesday in a way that I normally wouldn't. Yeah. You know, that other people can't spend their Tuesdays. Um so first things first is like how do you how do you get off to a good start in the day? Breakfast. Most important yes. meal of the day. Certainly, well, I don't know if that's actually true. I feel like there's a big breakfast market of stuff that they say that it's the most important day to sell you oh, stuff. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. I actually normally skip breakfast. I just have a black coffee yeah. um, or if I'm at home, maybe an oat latte. Yeah. Um, and I feel certainly in the Western world, um, breakfast is like the colonised meal. Kellogg's just came and colonised the whole meal. I think it's all Sugar-loaded crap. I agree. So you see, if you go to a supermarket, you see what foods are connected to breakfast. Look at the cereal mm. oil. Look at look the what, sugar content. Yeah. Even you look at oats, muesli, whatever. Yeah. It's got lots of sugar in it. But look at all the ingredients. So eggs. When do you consume the most eggs? Breakfast. Yeah. Milk. Breakfast. Mm. Everything's so connected. Bread. Mm. Breakfast. Toast. So everyone's quite dependent on like, it's the most important meal because that's where... You know, we sell a lot of these type of products, I feel like. You're right. Apparently, I did read something of probably about as healthy a breakfast you can have is just eggs and avocado on, on wholemeal bread. Oh, yeah. Apparently, I... or like sourdough bread or something like that. Which... I'm quite mixed with... I'm like you. I, uh, when I started, there's, there's actually an argument to say skipping breakfast is actually mm. probably healthier because you're, 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 if you've heard of this intermittent fasting thing where you're trying to mm. give your time, your body to kind of burn more kind of calories in that regard. But I do like breakfast Ooh, on the weekend yes. or something like that to really kind of enjoy. Um, you know, breakfast meals. Are, you know, breakfast meals are quite fun to eat, I guess. And what what's your sort of ideal breakfast so, then? So you know, when we talk about ideal day, yeah. And then I say I'm indulging here, and I was like, nothing gets better than a full English breakfast. Oh, you tell make me, me hungry. Be- tell me a better breakfast. And In that's this, the thing, the British English <sighs> breakfast. That's the thing, yeah, I was looking on Twitter, now known as X, yesterday, yeah. and it comes up time and time again where people mock British food. And there's probably list, people listening to this yeah. podcast from around the world, Rajit, um, Chantel. You know, Chantel. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, you won't find any city in the world with better array of food than yeah. London. And British food itself can be brilliant. Alain Ducasse, mm. the most decorated chef in the world, French chef. Even he has actually said, look, he's really sorry that people look down on British food. We have great food here in the UK. Wonderful game, fantastic fish and seafood with our cold seas. I can so, agree yeah, I, I think Phil English, you know, absolutely. So I'm sure most people would have had a Phil English before. And if you haven't, why not? Yeah. I mean, honestly, just, just, just do it. But, you know, that's... You could say that's quite normal, going to your Greasy Spoon cafe, having a full English. Mm. And I'm sure it's very good. It is good. Mm. But I'm saying, like, I've, I've done that before. Yeah. But I want a full English in a bit of a posh place. Mm. So there's quite a few kind of establishments that you can have uh, quite a posh full English. I think I saw you can have one in Harrods or, like, Selfridges. Oh, right. Okay. Someone's raving on about the Wosley. Again, it's not super expensive, but I believe it's about 23, 25 quid. I've seen that one coming. Again, infatuation I mentioned earlier. They recommend that as probably the best Phil English in London. And you could go like 23 quid. That's a bit pricey for Phil English, but you're a millionaire now. And you're going to get your Phil English with silverware. A guy serving you is wearing a waistcoat. Isn't that quite nice? You're going to have like tea that is loose tea. Yeah, you pour it in the the little kind of mm. the little kind of sieve drainer thing, and you know who knows what the sausages are going to be like. All types of herbs, you know, um, the eggs are they going to be from a different type of farm? They'll be one of those special royal eggs, the really orange see. ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. the really yeah. posh ones. And so yeah, a full English. I mean, it gets can't get better than that. Can I just ask, what are your essential ingredients? Obviously, sausage, bacon, egg. Do you have hash browns? Um, oh, we're going a bit American. You know, yeah, I do tend to like the hash brown. I do like them. I like the black pudding. I, I, black pudding. Black pudding. Yeah. Um, toast, of course. Toast. Fried mushrooms. toast. You know, the toast that's fried in the pan, frying pan. 
I'm a millionaire, why not? Yeah. Let's yeah, see how they do it. So, so you will go mushroom and tomato, because I think those are the two controversial bits. To me, yeah. they just ruin it. I don't I like want it. vegetables. It's a full English. <laughs> I want a balanced smell. I mean, I yeah. have... I, I've, I've got have beans. I've got haricot beans, so... That is true. So, full English, I mean... Imagine that you're in like I believe the way is in Piccadilly. Piccadilly. Ah, yeah. I'd love to. I'd love to do that, yeah. and I think I might do it anyway. I mean, to be honest, you say twenty three quid. It is a yeah. lot. For, it's a hell of a lot. Not including service charge, though. <laughs> yeah, but you know, let's say then you just buy. You have it with an artisan coffee, yeah, an oat latte, or whatever. Maybe that's. I can't see it being more than four or five. Yeah, and then twenty eight quid a head or whatever. Okay, you're gonna get whacked with service. Yeah, it's not much over 60. Okay, it's it's not a great breakfast deal, but it's not too bad. No, no, no. I think if you're talking about for ambiance, service, mm. hopefully quality of ingredients and just... Great toilets. I've if you go straight through, you, Tony, which sometimes it can, the full <laughs> English. It's true. So, I mean, I'm in the morning in central London, hmm. one of the greatest cities, the greatest city in the world. Uh, having a full English, so that's where I'm starting. And then after I finish my full English, um, I can go to one of the, the green parks, not to, not too far. Mm. Most boring park in London, in my opinion. Oh, I know yeah. that's the whole design principle of it, just green park, but not my place, <laughs> not my vibe. I'll just go there just to walk off slightly. Tony, you yeah. can go through there and into St James's Park. Yeah, yeah. I do like St James's yeah, Park. Yeah, that's, that's a nicer one. And then, obviously, I'm, I'm kind of... What I'm doing here is that obviously I'm kind of walking off the, the full English because I've, I've indulged in um, a very hearty meal there. And it's still early in the morning, I would say, and I, I'm people watching. I'm saying, oh, look at these uh, poor sods rushing to work. <laughs> so I'm just chilling on a bench somewhere. Maybe an artisan coffee I've got taken away. And I'm just, I'm just seeing yeah. my people watching. Um, and then I'll be like, okay, let, let me just explore London. I'll, I'll just see, go down the winding streets of London, see where it takes me. and Just well, follow someone if you want. See what they're up to. Yeah, why not? I mean, obviously, I was going to stay, stay kind of quite far behind <laughs> yeah. them. <laughs> um, but yeah, just see what people are up to. I've got all the time in the world. Um, but one of the things that I, um, again, this is the nerdy side of me, where I go, mm. I'm financially free. Yeah. I've got money to spend however I would like. And... I like going to these kind of comic book shops. I mean, I'm not sure if you've been to a shop called Forbidden Planet or something like that. I've there. just never been to a comic book shop okay. in my entire life, sorry. <laughs> That's fine. So, <laughs> I, or even not a comic book shop, but more like those kind of bougie gift shops that they just yeah. sell kind of little yeah. bits that are quite nice looking, but like really expensive. You're like, mm. well, who would buy that? So I'll just go perusing around these shops and just go fill my boots. It's I bet that looks again, good. It's your passion. Yeah, I'll yeah, go. Follow then. it. Yeah, I'll just take that. I just fill up my basket and stuff, and I'll be like, "Yeah, these will look great in a room somewhere in my nice kind of like penthouse." Um, so pretty much buy what I want, and then before I know it, it's already lunchtime. So I'm like, meet the miss, you know, meet meet the girlfriend for lunch, and then I'm talking like proper lunch, yeah. a, a tasting menu. Oh yes, Michelin. Yeah, Michelin star or close to it. Yeah. Depends what kind of cuisine I'm fancying, whether it's. Japanese, whether it's kind of European, French. Mm. Um, Maybe another British meal. I mean, you started with the Phil English. Why not fish and chips for lunch? But they don't do a tasting menu of fish and chips. <laughs> Who knows? They could be. There probably is. There probably is. <laughs> um, but they might have like two chips and a little cod and a thing. You know, I did go for a tasting menu yeah. um, last year in Launceston Place, uh, which used to be Prin- Lady Di, Princess Diana's favourite oh, restaurant. Right. And um, one of the um, one of the parts of a dish was just called chip, and oh. it was this massive chip, and it was actually really delicious. It's a half this potato. Ma- yeah, just a half potato seeped in in vinegar, and it was actually really good. So, oh wow, it's out there. It does exist. Brilliant. So I'm sticking like, yep, yeah, tasting menu. Obviously, treat you know, good conversation with the girlfriend. Yeah. Really enjoy it. We've got dessert. You know, it's a tasting menu. It takes you through the whole. All I the mean, courses. by this time you'll be into the finer things in life, so you probably have stimulating conversation. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, what what are we going to eat next tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then <laughs> who are we going to follow after breakfast tomorrow around St James's Park? Oh yeah, I, yeah, could do. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And then um, the next thing I had on my list was 
watch a film. And you know when you got like those in a weekday, uh, they like they're showing a film at like two thirty p.m. Like, yeah, in who the has cinema, the time right? to go to yeah. see that? Well, you do now. I do now. I'll be off the. I'll have the cinema to myself. But you won't be going to view, will you? Even though they are good cinemas, you'll be off to um, what one of the really luxury every man. Every man, or like I know Leicester Square. Yeah. Some of those they really dump to to the to the luxury mm, ones, the luxe yeah. ones. So like you could talk about Royal Circle or like the ones with the reclining mm. chairs. I could have another meal. I mean, I could get quite fat here. Well, that's what I, table was thinking, I was thinking. If you're going to go to one of those luxury cinemas, you definitely want table service. But you've already had a full English prosecco and a tasting menu. Yeah, Just prosecco yeah. brought to your to herbal your chair. tea. Herbal tea to help the digestion. Yes. Maybe a cigarette to, to have it go down. Oh, they're oh, getting they're banned now. Who knows? You're slipping 50 quid and you're going to like, just <laughs> let me have a vape here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, let me have a vape here, bruv. <laughs> um, and then, you know, it's, I'm a foodie, Chris. Mm. You know, after the film, I'm, hopefully I'm working up an appetite. <laughs> you know, we might visit a few shops, you know, with, with the girlfriend, treat it to, you know, a designer bag or something. Um, and then it's dinner and I'm thinking... Look, we've had a filling dish. Yeah. We had a tasting menu which will have all types of ingredients around the world. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. some quite, you know, some Fusion interesting cuisine. veg, yeah. you know, some type of veg that's been done in a certain way. Um, I'm thinking I'm feeling quite meaty, so let me go for a proper good steak. It's been dry aged for God knows how long. Why not? I mean, Tony, you've probably only had about 7,000 calories <laughs> already, so you've definitely got room for steak. Would that be... Um, British steak, or are you going to go Argentinian? They have good steak. Oh, it it really depends. I mean, I'm I'm thinking British to, yeah, to begin with. Let's keep it British. The chimichurri sauce, yeah, I can have that another day without the filling dish. <laughs> um, and then I'm thinking like Chateaubriand, you know, whatever, you know, a sharing, you know, a good, mm. like a fine cut of of mm. um, tomahawk, whatever, uh, that that type of thing, um, wagyu. Why not? Kobe. Kobe. Mm. Kobe yeah, beef. Yeah. Um, and then finished the night, really. We've had a lot of food, a lot of good conversation. Just a good cocktail. After dinner cocktail. After dinner cocktail. Yeah, yeah. And it could be at a nice venue with um, overlooking the city at night. Mm. So somewhere with a good rooftop bar. What's that place called? 14 Hills. We oh, right. There, didn't we? Is that... Oh, you know, that right. yeah, Fenchurch Street. Yeah, that yeah. 14 hills. That'd be a really nice place to go and sit with the missus, I think. That'd be quite any kind of yeah. very nice hotel with a. With, um, well, remember we spoke about what was the most expensive hotel in London's history and oh, has yeah. now been overtaken. Yeah, yeah. Was it the Peninsula? Oh, well. Um, apparently, they have a really you know, surprisingly affordable bar. Mm. And that bar, it's not a rooftop bar, but it's kind of raised a little bit above the road level oh. and it's right by the edge of the road so while you sit there you sort of see the buses go by and you can see the people on the top deck or whatever so amazing so why would I, it. why would i want the kind of the fumes from the car just helping me uh, enjoy <laughs> yeah. my cocktail or <laughs> yeah, just absolutely. um you don't like the look of someone it's, on the rooftop bar. It's funny, have you, that <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tony, it's funny, it's ULEZ. ULEZ has been rolled out, so we don't have to worry about fumes anymore. They think of everything. Electric car, uh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, and then I suppose, you know, it can end the day, you know, it depends how many cocktails I've had. I could just, I could do one of those things where I've always wanted to do. Posh mm. hotel, room for the night, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we've only got the suite that's available. Yeah, I'll take it. I've had it once. Because someone did tell me, and this did happen once, when I was living in Thailand, where I went to quite a fancy hotel on the night. Yeah. And they had a discounted rate. Oh. But then I've tried it another time, because basically the place I booked was awful in this place. So I was like, right, this is the chance. I'm going to go to this luxury place. So we went there. Yeah. um, And I got a discounted rate. But I've tried it again in other places, and... You don't tend to get it. But it doesn't matter if you've won the lottery. I'm sure you don't want to order time. But you, this is the ideal day here. This is the yeah. ideal day. Yeah, exactly. you're not looking for discounts. Um, but that's in London. I mean, if I just quickly mention if I was to look at going abroad for the day, like Europe, like France, literally, mm. what, two hours on the Eurostar or less? Um, I could wake up that morning and go, damn, I really fancy a really good croissant or a baguette. Mm. Mm. First class Eurostar, have a mill around um, mm. Paris. Obviously, I wouldn't sit anywhere on public transport or anything like that because of the, yeah. obviously the bedbug situation. 
Um, or I might just stay on the Eurostar and head somewhere like, I, I believe it goes to like Brussels or somewhere. Brussels, uh, you even carry on to Amsterdam. I don't know if you have to change. I think it might be even direct. Yeah, yeah so I can go to Amsterdam and obviously look at the Van, Van Gogh Museum, Dan mm. Frank Museum, um, and then maybe a space cake. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, but that's foodie. That's, you just want to try all different types of food, I think, and how yeah. it affects the but flavor. But I've got options, and that that's what's so great. That's what makes my ideal day. As as being rich, basically, that's that's what I I think of an ideal day would be be like mm. for me. What about you, Chris? Well, I'm just thinking, Tony, um, with the Eurostar, is that safe? What, because of the... the bed bug crisis in Paris? Even if you're not finishing at Paris. Yeah, you know what? Okay, let me just say, let's stick with the London one first. Mm. If that hasn't gotten over here, I'm hearing reports that it has. And then Europe. We Paris, know, Tony, we, we know we'll someone very well whose home, is flat, uh, flat share, is currently infested with bed bugs through no fault of their own. So, I don't know, if, you know. So, you're, we're... your ideal day is in Paris, then, I assume, Chris. Well, I'm just saying, it doesn't really matter. They're already here. They're in London, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really good idea. Amsterdam's a good one, a lot of culture there. Van Gogh, as you said. And I was listening to another podcast, actually, last week. Oh, yeah. It's a new one. Sean Keaveney's Daily Grind. And I really like Sean Keaveney. And he had a guest on. He was talking about Doctor Who. Now, I'm not. Are you a big Doctor Who fan? I'm afraid not. <laughs> I don't think I've really ever watched it. But he called out this episode of Doctor Who that I thought was brilliant about Van Gogh. Where the doctor... Have you seen clips of I've this? I've seen the I think it did quite well on YouTube where he comes to see his paintings. Exactly. Everyone's just fawning over it. They you know? go back in time and he's really depressed. Yeah, yeah. And Van Gogh is like, oh, nobody likes my work. I once went on a thing around France, yeah. look, a trail, by accident really, following Van Gogh. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he was fan. depressed. He was depressed. And... Um, so they go back in time, yeah. and he's depressed about it, and they bring him forward mm, mm. into, you know, Amsterdam where the museum is, and he sees everybody talking about oh, admiring his work, and then the curator actually says, Van Gogh considered one of the greatest painters of all time, artists of all time. That's incredible. So a lot of these, these kind of artists didn't, didn't live to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's just something beautiful about that whole idea. So that's why. But yeah, I mean, for my ideal day, I put something down here quite similar to yours, Tony, of um, food, mm. quite important to me. And I've mentioned Michelin star. Mm. And I have, I'm not ashamed to admit, yeah. I have been to some Michelin star places in the past across the wow. world. Um, but. There's one, so for anybody who doesn't know, the maximum amount of Michelin stars you can get is three. So if you get three Michelin stars, you really are the cream of the crop. And there are only a few in the UK, and one of them is the Fat Duck in Bray in Berkshire by Heston. It's funny, you know, yes. The, yeah. uh, the celebrity chef. And I think the Fat Duck is a real experience. You know, he's quite playful mm. with the dishes you get. Um, but what puts me off, I think it's... You're talking about eight, nine hundred quid for two of you to go. And I just can't justify that because there's a lot else you could mm. do with that money. But if I've won the lottery, that's the first place I'm going. Fat duck. I just do lunch. Mm. Lunch tasting menu. Um, and that would be fantastic. And then the other thing I want to do, ideal day, I'm a sports fan. It can be difficult getting tickets, especially I'm a Newcastle fan. Mm. I don't live very near. It's really hard to get tickets now. Even if you get the membership, um, it's difficult to get them. I'm going to get the director's box, Tony. Yeah, why let's, not? Let's say, you know, this is a Wednesday. Wednesday night, we're playing in the championship. I'm off to the director's box. I'm going to get a private jet from London <laughs> or from Bray in Berkshire up to Newcastle. <laughs> or a helicopter, whatever. Oh, do it! And I'll be there in time for the for the kickoff. Um, so that would be brilliant. And then actually, art. So there's another thing, another poncy thing. Some people might say I've got into is modern art. Actually, you probably won't believe this. I don't know when it happened, but some of the recent holidays I've been on, just checking out some of these contemporary art galleries, mm. and it got me thinking of. 
once you've got enough wealth, I bet art is a really good one to start investing in. That's what I was going to say, Chris. It's an investment it's as well. It's an investment. So you pick out something you like. It's your own judgment. That thing could be worth, you know, two, three, four hundred percent more in a few years' time. So that's just another hobby you can get into. Okay, it's something mm. you admire. You see something in that art, but you're able to actually make some money out of that as well. But these aren't costing like these aren't paintings that cost millions, right? These are like I, I'm talking maybe tens of thousands here, Tony. Because you just spent five million on that <laughs> on that penthouse. <laughs> yes, you're so right. So obviously you want to kit it out. That's what's good about having the roof terrace there. I can get my helipad. Oh, uh, yeah. So I go out to St. James's Park for the football. But, you know, sport, you can do Formula One, get oh, yeah. the pit lane pass. That looks really good as well. Um, so these are some of the things I do. But I think at the end of the day, I'm one of these people, we've spoken about it before, I like pubs. You know, I don't mind if it's a big night. Okay, you're going to end up in a nightclub. But I'm not somebody who's a fan of these private... Members clubs. I just don't. I thought you were going to get down the, Well, Weatherspoons is a pub that <laughs> I'd love to go to out of all the pubs. But I love any kind of pub, as long as it's a good one. Um, so I don't know about you. Would you be sort of pub or, or private members? Pub and then private members, right? Yeah. I'm just uh, kidding. I'm, I'm not the massive, most biggest drinker anymore. But I think there's something about mm. homey about a pub. Mm. A nice pub in a nice part of town. Um, it'd be cheaper though, isn't it? Private members club, they'd be charging extortion prices for for a, a typical pint or beer or something like that. But no, I, I like it, Chris. I think um, food, sports and beer, I mean, doesn't get better than that for an ideal doesn't day. Get better than that. Um, great. So if we move on to um, segment three, so we're about picking next week's numbers so we can make our ideal days a reality. This is manifesting those winning lottery numbers to get into our ideal day. And Tony, so this one, the number two, um, I couldn't believe this. And I don't know if you saw this um, story where a creepy clown, the Skelmorley clown, is terrorising a Scottish village, the village of Skelmorley. Um, And essentially, this clown wearing... A Pennywise-style outfit. I thought that looked like Pennywise, yeah. And honestly, you guys, anybody listening, Google this, check it. He looks really creepy, this guy. He's been stalking Skelmorley in, in Ayrshire, I believe, in, um, in North Ayrshire in Scotland. Whoa. And, yeah, there's just been loads of images and videos posted of this clown um, sort of stalking the streets at night time. Mm. Um, and... He's actually got a Facebook account that he set up under the name Drew, uh, sorry, Cole Damos. Um, and he reads out a poem. So oh, he's got a Scottish creepy. voice, but he's put his voice through one of those distorted things. Um, and you can still hear the Scottish accent. Um, and he basically says um, somebody had commented saying the police have been passed on the video. And you know what he says? He says, do you think that I care? (laughs) They'd have to catch me first anyway. And yes, that's a dare. So that's... I I just thought this... I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. I went onto his Facebook page as well, and honestly, it's kind of impressive. But it is scary. I mean, if you're, you know, a vulnerable person in that village, I'd be a bit scared about this clown stuff. Stalking the streets. Has he attacked anyone? Or is he just stalking? He's just stalking the streets. He hasn't attacked anyone yet. Is he just getting in getting in the mood for Halloween? Because it's only like next week. True. Yeah. But yeah. one thing that did stick out for me is that I think this guy isn't a Gen Zer. I think he's a lot older because why is he immediately going to Facebook and not TikTok? <laughs> yeah, that's right. what that's what's sticking yeah, to me. It's yeah. like Facebook. <laughs> why not Instagram? Because you can always Post on yeah. Facebook. Why Facebook first? Maybe that makes it even yeah. more creepier, put it on Facebook. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. Maybe he's like you, he loves Mark Zuckerberg, the Zuck. Yeah. Or maybe he's, he's a fan of Mark Zuckerberg. Instagram. He's clearly a fan of Stephen King because he, yep. he's inspired yeah. by it, the clown. But but yeah, it's a bit freaky. And you did the... I like how you brought it to life with the, with the, with the voice. So you, are you sure you don't know? 
know him or something. Well, we have been saying um, it could be, you know, it says in all the articles, oh, it must be a Scottish guy because he sounds Scottish. But, Tony, it could be somebody doing a really good Scottish accent. And we have been saying on the mm. last few podcasts, where the hell is Philip Schofield? <laughs> we haven't seen him in ages. So, you know, let's just keep everything under um, consideration. It's a possibility. It is a possibility. Um, talking about scary things, um, with my number, I guess I'm going for the number 12. Mm. And I guess I'll tell you why, why number 12. But um, I don't know how to say this, Chris. It's a bit crude, but... Um, and scary, as I mentioned, is a man was caught masturbating on board a train from London to Paddington. Oh, my God. And that's not an ideal day for anyone that's been a passenger on that no train. No way. That's... Might be for him. Who knows? Um, Clearly, that's what he's into, but not for anybody else on that no. train. No. So um, police um, have released CCTV images. Okay. After a man was caught masturbating on board a train, this happened at 12 p.m., hence the, the number 12. 12 p.m., mid, just after midday? Yeah. It's like... Oh, my goodness. People are having a, maybe eating a sandwich on board, and he's like, no, no, I'll have a sandwich later. I want to work up an appetite or something. <laughs> um, so this happened in September. However, just recently, the, the, the police released CCTV images um, of this person exposing themselves um, mm. and they were masturbating until they were challenged. So it seems like he was going to... What, challenge to... Uh... Like, they, they must have gone, hey, mate, what are you oh, doing? Oh, sorry, I thought they'd set them a challenge. <laughs> like, I'm going to compete with you. <laughs> are you saying... That might make sense. Someone might have said, I dare you to do it. But he <laughs> was challenged and I guess that's probably why he, he stopped. Yeah. Um, but he seems like he's still on the loose because... Um, the person uh, later, the, the, the masturbator, left the, the train at Swindon. So I don't know what the significance of that is. Is that he might live in Swindon or that's a place where he likes mm, to hang out? Or he just jumped off early. What, all I can say is, saying, what a jerk. <laughs> yeah, he, he is a jerk indeed. And um, so far, nobody was hurt. I mean, thank God for the person that challenged him because who mm. knows what else would have happened. Mm. Um, but yeah, the incident happened on board a train from London um, Paddington um, to to Cardiff, so yeah, so it was yeah, so London Paddington to Cardiff, um, but there was a quote from uh, a spokesperson from British Transport Police said, "Do you recognise this person?" Um, so, Bruh. Chris, do you recognise him? I, I all I can say is see it, say it, sorted. Let's have a look at the image. Oh. He yeah. looks like someone you might know, no? Probably not, actually. I don't know. He just looks... He looks shifty. He definitely So looks I would encourage people just to, to Google it and just email in if you know any information. Not us, but British Transport Police. Maybe you just misheard that catchphrase, see it, say it, sorted. And he came up with something else. Maybe he was just having a bad day and he needed some relief. Who knows? Yeah. But... I'm sure there's toilets on board these trains. Maybe <laughs> yeah. it was occupied. We don't know. Maybe he <laughs> yeah. has a mental health issue. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But where did he um, come off the train? <laughs> Swindon. Swindon. Ah, okay. Um, so, yeah, that's number 12 for me, um, Chris. Great. Okay. Well, that is um, a shocking one. So I'm just going to sort of cheer everybody back up again. Um, and the next number for me is 40. Um, so a grandma who has won 100K... On the postcode lottery. Oh, and that's wow. one of the lotteries we haven't... I don't think we've spoken about on the podcast Small fish, yet. isn't it? I, I really hate that. I think my grandma does the postcode lottery. And I just think, oh, grandma, don't bother. How much is I think, it? I think the odds... Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think the odds... So your chances of winning are better than any mm. other lottery in the UK. But she pays a lot. My grandma pays a lot to enter that. I can't remember what it is. I'll find out. But... I feel it's a bit of a rip-off. They go door-to-door. I think she said they go door-to-door and she's Mm. signed up to it. But anyway, she won 100K, this grandma, on the postcode lottery. And you won't believe what she wants to do with the money, Tony. I don't know. Add a conservatory. Well, I wish it was that. I wish it was that. 
so this is a great grand of five. She bagged £111,000 on the postcode lottery, and she's going to splash the lot on garden gnomes. Joan Buckingham says her obsession with the terracotta garden dwellers drives her family insane. I'm not surprised. And she's already got 40, 40 strong collection, and she wants to enhance that. Um, she's also lived at her property for 40 years. She doesn't want to upgrade the property. She doesn't want to move. She just wants to enhance her 40 strong garden gnome collection. And um, doing this podcast, Tony, to all the lottery fans out there, I think it is incumbent upon us to say, OK, we don't give you advice. If you're interested, fulfil your passions mm. with the money you win. But there are <laughs> other things you can do. I mean, how much does a garden gnome cost? How much should a garden gnome cost? You don't need to blow the whole lot on garden gnomes. That was my question, Chris. How much of that 111000 is going to... No- I mean, gnomes aren't that expensive, are they? No. Are they antiques That's... or something? no. No, I just think this is misjudged. You know, she could leave money behind to her kids, grandkids and great-grandkids. Mm. She could treat them all to a nice holiday. She'd take them to the Wolseley and have a full English breakfast. Whatever. Um, mm. But, yeah, to spend it all on garden gnomes, no. I, I can't get behind it, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I can't judge, but whatever you want to do with money, that's fine. But they don't even look that good. Am I being too harsh? I don't think gnomes look that good. Have you ever um, had any gnomes in, in... No, they look kind of creepy. They look really creepy, don't they? <laughs> Actually, no, that one's quite cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to share the... Anybody who emails in will share you the images. But, um, yeah, so I went for the number 40 there. It's obviously lottery-themed. Hey, look, if you're listening, if you're out there and you're listening to us, get in touch. Um, Joan Buckingham, because uh, we can give you a bit of advice. Well, definitely, that's very small helpful. small fee. <laughs> Financial advice, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what I have, Chris, is um, it's a number 22. Because um, the headline that I saw was, Freeze! Polish cops snag thief who pretended to be mannequin. Good so that happens. sounds a bit weird. So apparently, a Polish man has been arrested after he pretended to be a mannequin in front of a store window before stealing from a shopping centre after it closed. Um, that is brilliant. That's genius. That's stuff I, I thought about as a kid. You know when you really? when you just pretend that you're like a statue. Yeah. yeah. You know, in a store. And um, yeah. actually, I think there was an 80s movie about a mannequin or something. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Some horror film, was it? Or was that no, Goose I think it was a com- I think Goosebumps it was a, episode? I think it was a comedy as well. But yeah. I think mannequins was a big thing in the 80s. Yeah. But this is hilarious. I mean, like, a 22-year-old with a bag in his hand froze motionless, pretending to be a mannequin in front of a shop window, police said in a statement. In this way, he wanted to avoid being exposed by the cameras. I mean, that's kind of hilarious. I mean, if I was a police officer and I just saw someone pretending that they can't, <laughs> they were a mannequin holding a bag for the goodies that they just stole, just to see if they could get away with it, I think that is just hilarious. Um, apparently, you know, he is a serial offender, and this is oh, not... he steals breakfast. Um, actually. It is connected with food. No way. Um, it's not only... He isn't just pretending to be a mannequin um, oh. in all his crimes, but apparently on another occasion, he went into a restaurant to eat before slipping under the roller shutters at the entrance to a store to swap his clothes for new ones, police said. Afterwards, he returned to the same restaurant to have some more food. So oh, he's a bit of a chancer, this guy. He's almost... I'm just curious about... He's 22 years old. I think he's in a different world. He thinks that he can get away with some of these kind of comic book fantasies of trying to get away with these kind of little crimes, like pulling the wool over people's eyes, like hiding in plain sight type of scenarios. I mean, Hilarious. I think it's... In a way, it's really impressive. To be able to stand that still, you can convince people you're a mannequin. And I must admit, I've never really seen a mannequin that actually looks that real. Oh, what, in the shops? Yeah. yeah. Or do you think he put, like, some sort of I doubt disguise he... on his face or whatever? 
I doubt he would have something across his face, but yeah, um, yeah it, it's almost like I wouldn't say he's a harmless criminal. No, he is a he's criminal, a funny criminal, alleged criminal. Uh, but he's not going around killing people. He's just trying to yeah. get away with stealing stuff. And he's making us all laugh in the process. So yeah. is he really that bad? But yeah, so just to clarify, on the restaurant, um, so, he, so he went into a restaurant to eat, slipped under the entrance to the store to change his clothes. Yeah. So he didn't pay for the first one yeah. after slipping out. But not satisfied with not paying once, he came back in in a new outfit. Yeah. And to again, get some more food. But I wonder if he's really good at disguise. He might be sort of changing his face up somehow, or wigs or something. Yeah, I mean, he obviously yeah. the clothes help, right? You know, yeah. if, you, if, you, if you're not looking at someone closely, you're like, oh, this must be a different person. It's just a completely different outfit. And especially, you know, you've got that whole psychological experiment. If you go from, like, scruffy clothes to a suit, for example, mm. people won't imagine you're the same person. Oh, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll, yeah. I think uh, visual impressions make, yeah. make, a, make a, a big difference. Dress for the job you want. Yeah, I would say so, definitely. Brilliant. Um, well, just to sort of, um, you know, raise the tone a little bit. I mean, this is this is obviously a serious one. Um, that Canada have withdrawn forty one diplomats from the India embassy amid a murder dispute. So forty one, Tony, is wow. the number that I'm going for. Um, so Canada has withdrawn forty one diplomats from India amid a dispute over the murder of a Sikh separatist. The Foreign Minister Melanie Jolie has um, announced, adding that Ottawa would not take retaliatory steps. Mm. So that is good news. And you know the Canadians, the Canucks, always very friendly, polite, um, even more so perhaps than the British, I mm. think. And um, it's good to see that they will not be taking um, retaliatory steps over that one. I think that's almost... I'm not stereotyping. It's, it's good that they don't have a confrontation about these things. They're just like, you know... Fine, mm. we'll, we'll leave. We don't want any trouble. <laughs> yeah. So we'll take 41 Eight. of our, our kind of diplomats. Um, we don't want any trouble. Yeah. Mm. And we'll go That's back. Bad, we'll back, you know, the weather's probably a bit too hot over there now. They'll be, I bet they'd be glad to be <laughs> in, in <laughs> yeah. a bit more kind of uh, colder temperatures. Colder temperatures. Maybe the spicy food, you know, so, so much spicy food they can have. What do they like to have? The the chips with the, the cheese oh, poutine, curds. Poutine, Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know what that story is all about, Tony, but, um, but yeah, 41, we'll go for that one. Hard-hitting news. Hard-hitting news. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess um, just carrying on, the, well, I guess this is, I'll probably have to lower the tone a bit now, Chris, I'm afraid. Yeah. But again, this is connected news about uh, criminals uh, taking a chance, really. Um, so a man was arrested for faking heart attack 20 times at restaurants to avoid paying the bill. Oh, my God. That's report says. Well. I mean, they're dedicated, if nothing else, these alleged criminals. So this isn't connected to the Polish guy right. or what he was trying to do at the restaurant because <laughs> this happened in Alicante, Spain. Oh, is that uh, near where that um, nightclub fire was the other week? Oh, my yeah, Oh, is that near? I, I, I don't, don't know Spain that well. I don't really it's, know, it's but definitely in Spain, it might though. Be. Yeah. Um, a 50-year-old man from Lithuania... Oh, he's from Lithuania. Was so from... near Poland. Yeah. So there might be yeah, some connection. I bet there. there's a connection, yeah. Was recently arrested in Spain after allegedly faking heart attacks at several restaurants in order to avoid paying the bill, according to multiple <laughs> local uh, news reports. So he's he, he's done this um, 20 times. This is brilliant. So um, I'd be terrible. I don't know about you, Tony, if I tried to fake a heart attack. I mean, he must be pretty good at it. I mean, the man who was uh, only identified as Adias J, and he's been known locally as the, I don't know how to pronounce this. Gastroheta, I believe. Oh, yeah. Gastro, Gastroheta, I think gastro is obviously to do with... Food or something. Yeah, or stomach. Or so, yeah, he's tried it 20 times, really, so... That's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, I guess recent, like the most recent one, he ordered a seafood paella... And two whiskeys at the El Buen Coma restaurant, Taparia. Uh, <laughs> and the bill came up to like 34 euros. Um, That's quite a lot for Spain. I th- when I went to Spain, it was quite cheap. I, was, I know two whiskeys. I know, I know 34. Yeah, yeah two whiskeys. Ooh, must be good just whiskeys. one dish. Yeah, I don't know. So you're saying that he probably 
was a bit justified. He was, like, I was <laughs> yeah. getting ripped off. Maybe it was really Not bad. Not 20 quality. times, though. <laughs> no, no. So, um, but, but that's brilliant. So he actually so he attempted to leave without paying. The staff stopped him, noted how he still needed to pay the bill. He became visibly upset, said he was going to get the money from his hotel room, and when staff refused to let him leave without paying, the man dramatically threw himself on the ground and pretended to have a heart attack. I mean, it's not that convincing, is it? <laughs> uh, You've got, you got to appreciate the hustle. Um, yeah. But yeah, 20 times, I mean, 20 is, is, the, uh... is the number that uh, well, I'm, I'm going for. So um, just to recap... Um, so the numbers that I'm, I'm picking for this week are as follows. Um, it's 2, 12, 20, 22, 40, and 41. So, yep, that, those are the numbers that I'm going to go for. I mean, to be honest, I don't even want us to win anymore. I'm just enjoying this so much. Let's just see what happens. I'm sure we'll be back next week no matter what. I love the reverse, reverse psychology, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's do that. Let's see I'm tricking the lottery itself. That's what's great about it. Brilliant. So I think that brings us to the end, Chris, of well, episode seven. Episode Magnificent Seven, Lucky Seven, and let's see if we can do it this week. Yeah, so don't forget to um, follow and subscribe. You know, not only can they listen to us on Spotify, Apple, wherever they can get their podcast. Amazon right? Music. Amazon Music. YouTube. YouTube, of course. Obviously, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, all on all those platforms. Facebook now as well. Facebook, After yeah. that whole thing about Zuckerberg last week. And just one last thing, Tony, yeah. before we wrap up. We did get one more email. I was thinking, should I read this I out? I thought there was another email. Go on, and it's again from the US. And this one's actually from Janine, um, who's in California. And it's quite... When I read this, it's a bit offensive to me. <laughs> oh, right. Um, she basically said... Um, I can't, I need to ad-lib this a little bit because I can't read out what she actually said. Oh, right, so that but bad. But she basically said um, that I should lay off the Zuck, Mark Zuckerberg. And just to say, for balance, yeah, that's what's great about this podcast. We balance each other out. Yeah. I may have said a few things about the Zuck. Mm. You stuck up for him. But mm. she says um, I should lay off Mark Zuckerberg. She said that. He's done more for humanity than me or my future children will ever do. Oh, which I thought was really hard hitting. And then at the end, she just called me a dirty rat. <laughs> so, these are the kind of. Most of the emails we get are positive, but this one. What's her was, name again? Uh, this was Janine. Janine. Um, clearly, she's a, she's a Zuckerberg fan. In California, so. Uh, but at least we've got engagement. I mean, yeah. she's expressing her thoughts unfiltered, so... Um, but you can get them in. Sevi, um, did you see Sevi um, on Instagram who asked us to explain? Oh, right. But I don't think we can do it this week. She wants to know exactly what the difference between the UK and Great Britain and England. Oh, that's Ireland, a long Scotland. one. Well, that's difficult. We might do that on, a, on an Instagram reel on its yes, own, yes. Sevi, because that's just... That's tough. And politically charged as well. Brilliant. I mean... That's your name. Great. I guess uh, we'll we'll see you next week on Win Me the Lottery. Goodbye. Goodbye.